What's up, Bruin Bible listeners? This is your host, Will Decker. Wanted to bring you the sponsors for today's episode, Bet Online, where the gambling starts. I've got a bunch of good bets going on right now. I've got the Lakers making the playoffs. We've got futures bets coming around for MLB baseball. March Madness is around the corner. NBA playoffs on the horizon, too. Make sure to check out all of the gambling and all of your gambling needs at Bet Online, where the gambling starts. Make sure to use promo code LAFB to get a little discount. Uh, everything is great on bet online. I use it weekly for all my gambling needs. Make sure to check it out. LAFB gambling. And now to the Bruin Bible. What is up and welcome to a brand new edition of the Bruin Bible. Will Decker, your host joined by your co-host man, myth and legend. And I want to give him a big shout out because he got a huge new job, you know, coming cause he is the co-owner of LAFB network. He had some big news coming his way. Madman, I'll let you take it away with the news of the jobs. We just want to give you a big shout-out to our co-founders and one of our best friends. So, Madman, take it away, bro. so sweet of you, Thriller. Thank you so much. And, you know, the LAFB family is such a wonderful one. No, you know, it's been been some great news on the professional front. My my startup, uh, my tech startup got acquired recently, and so that's going to be – uh, made public here in, in the next couple of months with, with some press and kind of gave me the opportunity to say, hey, what's what's next with LAFB? Obviously, LAFB is such a big part of my life. And now with, with the opportunity to go back to Boeing, which is where I uh, started my career as as a head of engineering execution for, for all of Boeing defense. So uh, excited to Boeing by day and LAFB and Bruin Bible with the thriller by night. So I am uh, channeling my inner Bruce Wayne with with this duality as much as possible. But you know, thank you so much for that, Will. It's uh, 2023's gotten off to a really nice and, and blessed start. Jamal, I mean, kills it. You guys have no idea how much work he puts in. He's the Bruce Wayne. I'm the Alfred of this podcast. I'm just happy <laughs> that he is here. I will be, you know, speaking in a Michael Caine like accent for the rest of this. No, just kidding. But I'm great grateful to have Madman on, and we just got a lot to talk about, man. We've got a brand new recruiting class. Now that it's finally complete, I feel like we can really go into depth with it and finally talk about some of the players at Lakes. Some of the players were excited to get in with this legendary, you know, five-star recruit we got in Dante Moore, who's going to be helping Dante in LA for UCLA. Uh, we may even d- dive into what DTR was doing a little bit at the Shrine Bowl, maybe hanging out with the best coach in the history of football. I mean, that's a great story in itself. But Madman, we've got to start with Keanu Williams coming to UCLA. I think one of the position groups that UCLA on Twitter, you know, in, in chat forums, you have it, we're pining for was, yes, we addressed a lot of the areas on the offense this off season. We've gotten wide receivers, tight ends, running backs in bulk. We even got a left tackle last week. That was very good. We, they needed a little extra help on the defensive line. And to get a guy of the caliber of Keanu Williams, this is a former four-star player with a lot of eligibility left. 
Went to Oregon, you know, played sparingly up there, but it has the upside of a starter in the Pac-12 for the next few years. Uh, give me your thoughts on Keanu Williams coming to UCLA because before this madman, we were very excited about the depth and talent of this defensive line. You add a guy like Keanu Williams, the sky's the limit for this defensive line. I'm really, really excited. So give me your take on what Keanu brings to the Bruins. No, for sure, Will. And, you know, it's a four-star recruit out of Oregon. This is now the third or fourth player out of Oregon that Chip has been able to pluck. It really shows the, the gravitas that Chip still has in, in that region. And I think Keanu Williams comes in and really slides in beautifully into that D-tackle role. And you mentioned it best, Will. Three years of eligibility left. I mean, we could have a really long run here with the likes of Keanu Williams. And you love, you know, obviously our main man, Toya, on the other side there and really bringing that beef together. And now you stack it up with the Murphy twins and Latu's coming back. I think now you're starting to get depth of versatility in that front seven and particularly on that defensive line where if you have to go up against the likes of the Utahs or more of the power running teams, now you have enough forces to be able to match up there as well as with those high octane passing attacks of the Washingtons and the USC's. And now you have enough bodies to be able to interchange over the course of a game against the, the likes of say an Oregon that likes to run anthro, the likes of an Oregon state a little bit. So this is huge in terms of being able to match up defensively. And yet again, chip strikes again. We're now at 24th overall in terms of recruiting. When you talk about out of high school, and then some outlets will have the transfer portal at eight. Others have it at three. Others have it at two. But the bottom line is this has been a pretty extensive haul for Chip Kelly and company, both traditionally from high school as well as from the transfer portal. So this is a huge get with Keanu, and I'm very, very excited. Yeah, man. And you brought up an interesting point. He has a knack for getting former Ducks, you know, the, yeah. the school that we know Chip Kelly to be great at. Jalen Davies, we had, a, a, you know, our top 10 breakout players in spring. We did an episode last week. This guy, for me, I think is going to be the leader of the secondary last year, given what we saw in his first full year of starting former Duck. You've got Jalen Jeffers, who's going to be, you know, one of the top candidates to take one of the tackle spots. Yes. Former Oregon guy from Saguaro. And then don't even get me started on Maliki Matava. Like, the tight end we got from Oregon, this guy is a special talent. He might, you know, overtake the guys like Hudson Habermill and Carson Ryan for the starting spot. So what he's been able to do with not only just Oregon, but teams he's playing. I, I want to shout out and credit Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, who came on. He was the locked on UCLA guy. We got a safety from Bowling Green, played them last year. We got all these Oregon guys. We got Jake Michael Sturdivant coming here from Cal. We got Kyle Ford coming from USC. I think coaches are going to have to keep Chip Kelly away from the handshake line at the end of the game. He is recruiting guys that we've played with, you know, extensively, you know, throughout this tenure. So really, really impressed with what Chip is doing there. And Madman, are you ready to say it? Because I've said this before. I think this is the most talented D-line we've had with Chip Kelly there. And you add a Keanu Williams, you know, to this, uh, this group, it's just outstanding. And what I would say to that is we don't even have a coach yet for the D line because Chad Kauhaha left. But in my opinion, this defensive line is outstanding and has a chance to be one of the tops in the Pac-12 next year. Do you agree with that sentiment? 
Oh, absolutely, Will. I completely agree. I think you're spot on. This is the most talented defensive line uh, since the Chip Kelly era. This is going to be our new T-shirt that I'm going to make for you for the D-line, in addition to hashtag secondary to none. But this <laughs> one, I think, Will, is absolutely spot on. When you look at the depth of talent here, they're now starting to rival that 016 when they had Brigham Harwell, they had Brian Price, they had, you know, keys. They had some really interesting guys back in 06 in that upset of USC. This is starting to rival that in a significant way. And Will, to your earlier point, who would have thought that Chip, we would be comparing Chip Kelly to say, you know, that, that snazzy guy who you're afraid is going to steal your girlfriend. You know, the suave guy who's driving the great sports car with the slick back hair and dresses really well and got the six pack. And, you know, you've got your girlfriend with you and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to hang out with this guy tonight. Chip Kelly has now become a version of that for the rest of the Pac-12. And who would have thought we would have made that analogy together? And Will, the, the last thing I'm going to say here is, when you start looking at the composition of this team, and we've talked about it for a number of weeks, and you look at the depth of talent at these different positions, are the Bruins the college version of the Niners? Where yeah. they're talented at every position. And now the only question going into 23 is going to be quarterback. Is Dante more ready to take the reins? Or are one of these other guys ready to be elite right away? Because you got to wonder, Will, if there's elite quarterback play here with all of the talent around them, this is a team that is going to make a serious run for the conference title. And when you look at them on paper, they're about as good as anybody on paper in this conference. And that's an incredible statement considering where we thought we would be two months ago. It's unbelievable. And you mentioned we just need solid quarterback play. Quarterback's one of the areas I'm not even concerned about either. You know, we talk about having one of the deepest quarterback rooms within the conference. So, I mean, you add that to deep wide receiver room, deep tight end room, deep running back room, and now arguably the deepest D line within the Pac-12. I'm optimistic, man. You know, we talked about this uh, like when the schedule came out. We don't have to play Oregon. We don't have to play Washington. I think this can be a double-digit win team heading into bowl season next year, which is a huge statement for a team that's going to have probably a first-year starting quarterback, you know, with all odds coming around. So I am really, really excited about the Keanu Williams pickup. And on top of that, I'm really excited about the recruiting class. We got Madman officially in for UCLA. We had 13 players sign letters of intent. Two are still waiting on to couple with the transfer portal. We're not going to bore you about Dante Moore. I think Jamal and I could talk about Dante Moore for about seven days straight, and it would be a podcast. We least listen to podcasts in the history of LAFB. But there are a lot of other great players that I'm excited about, Madman. And according to 24-7 Sports, we have three players of four-star calibers and up. And the number one player I'm excited to talk to you about, Jeremiah McClure from Modern Day uh modern day catholic and chula vista so not the one in santa Ana. this guy is a speedster and you know it just takes a little bit to just turn on the tape with this guy because this guy is a speed assassin in the open field he will be you know i'm, I'm not comparing him directly to this guy but this is like a tyree kill type of speed guy 
You just put him in the slot. You let him do his thing. And I want to get this trademark before anybody else does. More to McClure. We got to go M and M. You know when we're moving forward. Dante Moore's from Detroit too. He's gonna love the M and M nickname with that. I I am feeling very optimistic with a guy like Jeremiah McClure. Uh, what do you, what were your takes on McClure just from doing some research on the recruiting class? Yeah, well, and I think again, it's the, obviously the six two, the one ninety five. You talked about the incredible speed, and I think that's kind of been the missing element of UCLA wide receivers the last couple of years that are down to down play after play receivers, right? Bobo had, was surprisingly quick, but more of a possession guy in the traditional sense of the word, obviously Kyle Phillips, if God, if you went to God and said, God, build me the perfect slot receiver, you know, I think Kyle Phillips would come out, you know? And so, you know, in that regard, Kaz Allen, of course, was never a pure wide receiver, right? We always saw him in that Percy Harvin, the Anthony Thomas type of Swiss Army knife role. So having McClure now in this pipeline to grow with Dante Moore and be able to stretch that field vertically, I think is going to be key. Because when we have watched McClure on tape, he's just, the acceleration will is off the charts there. And so once he gets to that 15-yard mark and beyond, that's where that separation really exists. And then when you sort of overlay that with where Dante Moore's skill set lies so far in his career, those deep inside slants, the, the sort of the deep post routes, the back shoulder throws. So McClure is a perfect complement in terms of the things that he's very good at. And when he gets the separation that then allows Dante Moore's skill set with that ball placement and that accuracy to come together. And you're talking about potentially a dynamic duo in Westwood for two, three, four years to come. Yeah. And what makes me excited about McClure coming to UCLA, we know about the speed, but it's going to be the little things that he does, the route running ability, how he polishes his craft. And just to kind of follow up on something we've talked about, uh, Michael Yam from the NFL Network had this excellent piece on Jake Bobo, where he called him one of the players to watch in the Shrine Bowl. And he asked Jake Bobo going, what are you going to have to do to like, you know, get to the next level and, you know, take that next step as a wide receiver. And Jake Bobo basically responded, you know, it's going to be a step forward, but I don't think they're going to ask me to do a lot more than what Chip Kelly asked me to do at UCLA. That is the most technical, you know, uh, advanced receiving room I've ever been in. And I learned so much this year. So McClure to kind of, he has the raw talent to make it work, but once he learns the technical side of things, I'm just excited about where this guy can go and, you know, McClure is a guy that had offers from a lot of great schools, Madman. USC, I mean, I hate to admit this on the Bruin Bible, but that's wide receiver you, you know, yes. when it comes to the L.A. area. He had an offer from Tennessee. He had an offer from Michigan who made the college football playoff. This guy was not hurting for offers, and he chose to come to UCLA over some of these other destinations. So I think a lot to be excited about with Jeremiah McClure, which I'm excited about. One thing about. Will, I'll add there is the lineage now, right, the mentorship that McClure is going to get because look at who's in front of him. It's J. Michael Sturdivant. Look at J. Michael Sturdivant's build. There, it's almost identical to McClure. Look at J. Michael Sturdivant might be a little faster, but they're of that same ilk. So now, as a true freshman, you get to watch Sturdivant. You get to compete with him. You get to run the same reps with him and be able to sort of understand what that skill set is going to be in that Chip Kelly offense. So whether you're 
Sturdivant is going to push him, but he's also going to be a great mentor to say this is what this style of play works in the Chip Kelly system. And that sometimes is what's so invaluable, Will. You know, this is almost the equivalent of, hey, I get to hold the clipboard for a year while watching a great quarterback and learning from him in the reps. I see this Sturdivant to McClure bridge having some similar elements there. Yeah, and if I'm Jerry Neuheisel, the wide receiver coach for UCLA, I'm going, watch this guy, follow this guy everywhere he goes. You know, watch him when he's running his pregame routes. Do whatever this guy does, because if you follow him, that's a path to success. J. Michael Sturdivant, Jeremiah McClure, hopefully there's a bridge to both those guys being the best receivers for UCLA for years to come. Next guy, it's another wide receiver, and a guy that UCLA fans can be excited about in two different sports, Grant Gray. This guy was a four-star receiver and four-star outfielder, you know, prospect coming to UCLA to play both. He, he's going to be with John John Vons on the baseball diamond. So a lot to look forward to with Grant Gray. Six foot three, 180 pound build. Watching his tape, he doesn't have the breakaway speed that a McClure has. But what he does have is he is that fast twitch wide receiver that, you know, can make defenders miss in the open field. I think he's going to be a contributor in a way that I don't think Logan Loya, you know, has like at least earlier than Logan Loya can provide. So a guy like Grant Gray, I'm really excited about. I think a lot of football programs were scared to offer him due to his baseball background and maybe him declaring for the draft. You know, he only had, you know, four or five offers, but I know USC was interested. I know Washington was interested, Oregon. They all were looking at this guy, but they're like, do you love football? Whereas Chip is like, Hey, if you're willing to put in the time and effort, we can find a spot for you. So Grant Gray is the other four-star coming in here. Madman, give me your take on the dual sport athlete. You know, Gray is such an interesting prospect, Will, because to be four-star as a prospect in what you may argue is not even your primary sport just speaks to just the incredible athleticism that you have. Because if you look at his measurables, Will, and you see it on tape, you alluded to that the great feet and the quick twitch. And so he's great with the ball. He's got great instincts. You know, that natural athlete comes out. But 180 in terms of weight is is a very rare weight for someone who's 6'3". You yeah. know, it's it, it, that that size and weight combination is rare. He, he looks much more, he's built much more like a center fielder than he is a wide receiver. And so I think in a lot of ways, that's going to be to his advantage. Because I think that especially in some of the stack and the bunch formations that Chip likes to run, I can see Gray really kind of be that third receiver or fourth receiver in the stack and really use that twitch to, to be able to sort of screen guys away, create separation, and really find slots on the field to be able to move the chain. So when you, when you complement a McClure with a Gray, I think there's some tremendous value that you get with the two together. And so I'm excited to see where his career takes him. And I think the question is also going to be, do you get him in the weight room and do you have him put on some weight? But is that going to take away from his ability to be quick and twitchy? But then you got to kind of factor in the durability. So I'm really excited about Gray, not just the Gray of 2023, but what is the gray of 25 and 26 going to look like as well after he's gone into the Chip Kelly Academy and gone into the lab and seen what happens to his body moving forward? And, I mean, this is a, you know, a direct comparison, I feel like, from watching the film. 
He looks like a faster twitch Jake Bobo out there. Very precise with his routes, very technically savvy. And you just incorporate that into a Chip Kelly system. He already has kind of what I was looking for, you know, on the opposite side of McClure, where I feel McClure is more of an athlete. Grant Gray more is, you know, the polished, refined route runner. So you combine both these guys and they can learn from one another. It's going to be a fun wide receiver room for years to come with Grant Gray and Jeremiah McClure. The third guy that I'm going to bring up here, and I'm really excited for two reasons, Madman. R.J. Jones, uh, the safety uh, coming in. He's a he's a three-star prospect on 24-7, but he's a four-star on Rivals and Scout. And I like this for two reasons. He's One, he's going to compete for the starting safety spots with Jordan Anderson and Kamari Ramsey after the departures of you know Mo Ossie and Stephen Blaylock. Guys we've had back there for a long time. And two, I think this is the biggest one. You want to start to build pipelines to programs that are successful. And he's a St. John's Bosco type of guy. This is where Josh Rosen went to high school. This is the school that just won the CIF championship. They're nationally ranked. Uh, you know, Ugalele, you know, was from there. Uh, DJ Uyungale, I believe his name is. Um, but, like, this is a program. Yeah, this is a program that has studs and continually produces players. And my hope for UCLA moving forward is – maybe we get the side of the St. John's Bosco of the equation, whereas modern day in Santa Ana has traditionally been USC. So I'm really hyped on RJ Jones. He had a big list of offers. He's a big rangy safety, 6'1", 195. Give me your thoughts on RJ Jones, because I'm really, really pumped to see what he can bring to the table for UCLA in year one. Well, you brought up a, just a really excellent point there in terms of the pipeline to Bosco, because if you look now, in terms of the state of the CIF, the last six, seven, eight years, we've basically created a rotation between Modern Day and Bosco. Those have been the two schools that have basically won the predominant number of CIF championships over the last eight years, and they've kind of rotated. And Modern Day has always historically been USC, so it naturally sort of you know dictates that the other, the rival in high school, should pick the rival school at the collegiate level with UCLA. And what I love about RJ Jones, Will, you talked about the measurables, you talked about the range. He's a winner. I mean, St. John's Bosco was a national champion in high school this year. He played with the likes of Mateo Uliangalale, who ended up going to Oregon, who was one of the most decorated high school players this season. And so when you combine his winning instincts coming from a winning program, he's got the right measurables he's got the right habits he's got the right discipline he's got the right behavior to come in and compete right away for that starting spot as a true freshman and go in there with the likes of Ramsey and others because of that boy that has now been felt with the departures in the secondary so I really like of the three names we have talked about so far Will RJ Jones to me has the highest probability of making a big impact right away on the field in 2023, not just because of the measurables, not just because of the range, but also because of where he's coming from. So I'm very excited about this. And again, the fact that UCLA can get someone from Bosco and creating that pipeline to your point is really huge moving forward. And again, it sheds this notion that Chip can't recruit. And even though he's a three-star, sometimes a four-star, but you're talking about going into one of the best high school programs in America and getting your guy. And so if you can't recruit, it's there's that's an impossibility for that to happen. 
Yeah, and I mean, he brought along Ty Lee, another safety coming from St. John's Bosco. So we've got two Bosco guys on the commitment list. And this guy's a stud. Like, you can call him a three-star. You can call him whatever you want. Ohio State offered this kid. And Ohio State, to just about everyone, is a four top four, top five program within the entire country. They're not offering a lot of three-stars, is what I would say to that. R.J. Jones can ball, and this was a big gift for UCLA. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. He's going to be a big one for UCLA moving forward. I want to bring up another quarterback we brought, Luke Duncan. This guy's a four-star on Rivals, too. This guy has kind of come out of nowhere. Big kid, six foot six, um, you know, 185 pounds. He's from the Miramani area, up from the Bay Area. Didn't have a lot of offers, but came to a UCLA camp, impressed, committed, and a lot of schools reached out with interest, but he was, you know, I'm committed to UCLA. And to his credit, which makes me think this guy is kind of a badass, is Dante Moore comes. In today's era of, you know, players that want to play at the next level, I would say nine out of 10 quarterbacks who are in that same class would look elsewhere or start to, you know, move on from other things, that, other things to other universities. With Luke Duncan, he's like, bring on the rain. I am ready for this. I'm going to lock in and I'm going to try to do my best in, you know, maybe two or three years, maybe you can get a starting job. Luke Duncan looks good, man, man. What are your thoughts on it? Well, the, well, you said it really well. And I think the thing that jumps out for me is the six foot six. I mean, there aren't guys that are six, six running around every day. Okay. And so again, now at 185, he's going to have to fill out a little bit. I think he's a bit of a project at this point, but my God, the returns could be significant. And I think when you look at a Luke Duncan, you're probably assessing and saying, look, by the end of spring ball, either Schley or Garbers or Martin are going to move on. And by the end of next season, another one is going to move on. And so even if I redshirt this year, I'm really going to have an opportunity to compete for that job next year. But if nothing else, I am going to be competing with arguably the best quarterback of this class. And that is going to push me to be even greater. And so whether I make it at UCLA or I'm in a situation where I've learned so much where I can really make a big impact elsewhere, it makes a lot of sense for him to be here. And at six foot six, to get that tutelage from Chip Kelly, one of the great offensive minds, Will, I love that he's staying. He seems like he's a bit of a program guy. This He was set on UCLA. It's kind of his dream school. And I think he's got all the tools to be very, very effective. I want to see him in the weight room this year. I expect him to redshirt. But this is a name that we're going to be hearing of a lot more in the years to come. Yeah, Luke Duncan is a guy to keep an eye out for. And, you know, not to compare him to the all-time great, but he's got some Brady in him. You know, Brady went to Michigan kind of in a similar, kind of in a similar circumstance, right? Where it's like, Hey, I want to compete. I want to fight with these guys. I hope Luke Duncan is from the same, you know, ilk of what a Tom Brady is. And it looks like you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, Will Decker calling Dante Moore UCLA's Drew Henson. That's uh, that's what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) I, I would hope not. I love me some Dante. Drew Henson cannot be Dante Moore. Let's hope that is not the case, but just some other great dudes in this class, Matt, man. It's, it's gotten me fired up. We've talked about how he, a chip is very selective with the guys that he takes from the class And then he adds with the transfer portal. So, you know, another guy, Trey Edwards, coming from the same high school as McClure did. He's got some great offers. Big linebacker, six foot one, 220 pounds, was offered by multiple SEC offers. And 
that's pretty much the list of recruits for UCLA. This is Will Decker, your host, with Jamal Madney, who signed out. Uh, what an episode that was. Uh, make sure you are liking and subscribing the YouTube channel we've got with UCLA LAFB. It's going to be a fun year. We've got a special episode coming on Saturday uh, with one of the UCLA fans that we would love to talk to. I'll let you get to that when the episode comes out. But make sure you're tuning into all Bruin Bible stuff. Will Decker, your host, we are officially out.